Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are checking in and taking inventory with ourselves, conducting a self-evaluation and determining what's next. It's time for a little focus, brainstorming, and maybe even a deep dive for inspiration before we get to the task of creating our plan of action. Change happens whether we invite it or not. But when you initiate some control and create the change you want to see, you move from the back seat to the driver's seat. From this perspective, it's nothing but an open highway ready for you to chart your own course. We're determined to bring focus to what might have been an aimless approach or fuel to what might have been a gasless incline. It's all about making modifications, not necessarily starting from scratch. You don't have to wait for a new year to check in with yourself. You should develop a plan to make it a regular practice. Ready to pull out your pencils and sharpen your point? If you're like me, you might be thinking, Whoa, where did that year go? Time seems to be moving at lightning speed. And if you don't pump the brakes and insert some intentional pit stops, you'll be further down the road than you ever imagined. A common goal-setting technique is to answer the question, where do you see yourself in five years? Let's take a minute and think about that. Have you ever answered that question? Or I should ask, how many times have you answered that question? How often has your answer changed? I would bet that the first time you were asked the question versus now, many, many things have changed. Your focus, your personal or professional position, your wants and your desires. That's why it's so important to make self-evaluation a regular practice. Nothing wastes more time or creates more dissatisfaction than spinning your wheels and shooting for a goal you no longer care about. My answers used to be all about work, success, financial reward. Those were the early days when you're trying to get somewhere and make something of yourself. Now my goals are more about awareness and mindfulness for what's going on around me. How can I help make a bigger impact, make a difference? Let's start with why a five-year plan. What's the benefit and how do you do it? A lot of the things we're going to talk about today bridge on personal and professional. But remember, whether you're working for goals at work or personal goals, it all works. Maggie Wool explains how to write an achievable five-year plan found at betterup.com. So what is a five-year plan? A five-year plan is a personal and or professional list of goals that you want to achieve in the next five years. Oftentimes, five-year plans include smaller, concrete plans to help you achieve the larger goals on your list. For example, if a long-term goal is to buy a bigger house, then a smaller goal might include setting aside a certain amount of money each month to go towards a deposit on a home loan. Or if one of your long-term goals is to be a certified nurse, then a smaller goal might include finding the best nursing program in your area or applying for a student loan. 
One of the best things about a five-year plan is that it can significantly motivate you to create the life you want to live. Notice I said create the life, not just achieve the goal. A five-year plan that works for you will be more effective if you think of your life holistically. How do you want to feel? What values will you be living? Whatever the specific goal you have in mind, whether it's starting a business, becoming certified, or developing experience, competing in an event, having a child, or taking a trip, a five-year plan can help you move from dreaming into doing, wish into reality. So here are some other benefits of creating a five-year plan. It creates a starting point for a career, startup idea, or personal goal. If you have a goal without a plan, it may never happen. But if you know you want to be a real estate broker in the next five years, you're in a better position to start the process and take actionable steps to achieve it. It helps you stay focused and aligned with your ambitions rather than your dreams constantly hanging out in the back seat. It's a constant reminder of what you're aiming towards and what you need to do to get there. The trick is, keep your plan as visible as possible. Make sure it's what you deeply desire and make sure your goals are specific, measurable, time-bound, and hard. Now, you may have heard of SMART goal setting, which is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. But have you ever heard of hard goal setting? Society has been pushing SMART goals since the 80s, but a 2020 study found that people who set SMART goals are much less likely to love their jobs, while people who set hard goals are 53% more likely to love their jobs. But what are hard goals? Hard goals are defined as heartfelt, animated, required, and difficult. They're goals for which you have an emotional connection, strong visualization, great urgency, and difficulty. While there are laudable aspects of SMART goals, the study shows serious problems regarding the achievable and realistic aspects of SMART goal setting. Methodologies that emphasize creating difficult goals are far more likely to be successful and generate higher employee engagement. So here is what you should include in a five-year plan. Grab a pen and paper. Visualize your life five years from now and write down everything you see without thinking or judging. If any fears, doubts, or negative emotions come up, that's normal. The key is to ignore them and not attribute any meaning to them. Consider these categories to help you write your complete brainstorm. Health. How do you want your nutritional health, mental fitness, physical health, and mental health to look in five years? Are you interested in being a vegan? Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to start a yoga practice? Would you like to regularly meet with a therapist? What about relationships? Imagine your future professional relationships, friendships, and family relationships. 
What do you want them to look like? Do you want to join a networking group? Are you interested in starting a book club? Do you want to adopt a child? Do you want to take more trips with your partner? What about money? Visualize your financial goals in these buckets. Bills. Everyday expenses like groceries. Flexible spending like entertainment. Emergency savings. Goal savings. And investments. What do you see? Will you be contributing higher amounts to your 401k? Are you planning on saving for higher education? What do you want your emergency savings to look like? Do you want to save for a big trip? You might think about your career or business. What are your career and business aspirations? Do you picture yourself leading a huge team or an entire corporation? Do you want to be a digital nomad? Are you planning on starting a blog? The truth is, the world of business and how people buy and use goods and services is constantly changing and fast. Don't get hung up on the roles and titles. Especially if you're early in your career, you'll discover career aspirations and opportunities that don't even exist today. That being said, spend time thinking about what types of activities interest you. What type of environment do you enjoy? What type of impact do you want to make in your day-to-day? If you're feeling stuck about your career goals, consider taking career assessments, making a list of various career paths, finding the overlap between things you like and what companies are hiring for, work with a mentor, build your network, create your own job or business that lines up with your own interests. List your passions, values, skills, and interests, and then find or create jobs that match some part of that list. If you're still unsure about your dream job, don't worry. Go after jobs you're interested in, learn from them, and eventually you'll come across pursuits you're excited about. Many people also worry if they don't have a passion The reality is that pursuing interests and immersing yourself in the work is a good way to discover and develop passion. It's okay if you're multi-passionate and interested in several jobs. Consider your personal, spiritual, or religious development. How do you want to grow personally and or spiritually? Are you interested in starting a home church? Do you want to work with a life coach or a career coach? Do you want to meditate more? Would you like to start a gratitude or prayer practice? Do you want to build resilience? How about your environment, organization, space, and home? How do you picture your future environment? Are you living in a tropical bungalow in Bali? Are you in a newly decorated and renovated home? Do you have a custom pool in your backyard? Are you living with your family to save money? Are you embracing minimalism? What do you do for recreation and fun? What kind of hobbies will you have in the future? Will you be snowboarding every winter and surfing every summer? Are you interested in joining a soccer league? 
Do you want to take up cooking or art classes? Consider service and contribution. What kind of meaningful contribution would you like to be a part of? Are you interested in volunteering for a vegetable co-op? Will you be tutoring kids on the weekend? Being a mentor? Do you want to buy monthly groceries for one of your friends in need until they get back on their feet? Here are easy steps on how to use your notes to actually create your plan. Number one, focus your plan. Take a look at your notes and decide what specific areas to focus on. You might decide that you'd rather focus on a few areas like your health, career, and service contribution. Or you might decide that you want to focus on all the areas. Once you decide, grab a piece of paper for every area you plan to focus on and write the area of growth at the top of each. For example, if you decide just to focus on health and money, you'll write health at the top of your first paper and money at the top of your second. Number two, consider potential goals. Next, divide each paper into two columns. The left column will be for your goals and the right column will be for action steps or skills. Then decide which goals you want to achieve for each category. Remember that while specific, measurable, and time-bound are positive aspects of SMART goals, the achievable and realistic aspects of SMART goals can deter you from going on or after more audacious goals. Challenge yourself to leave your comfort zone with hard goals. This means setting goals with no chance of success. But setting goals with, let's say, a 50-50 chance of success is difficult and ambitious. It's ambitious enough to give you a real sense of accomplishment when you succeed. For example, on your health paper, let's say you decide to write the following in the columns. Eat clean, be more active, increase nutrients. Then you might write the following in the action steps or skills column. Eat raw and organic fruits and vegetables three times a day. Walk for two hours a day. Take a daily multivitamin and add superfoods to morning smoothies. Next, decide between long-term and short-term goals. Review your list of goals. Decide which are better suited for short-term goals and which are better suited for long-term goals. For example, when you're looking at your career goals, you might decide that being a teacher in Peru is a long-term goal, while researching places to live in Peru is a short-term goal. Number three, determine your why. What's your big why? Why do you want to be teaching English foreign language in Peru? Write your reason down and hang it in a place you'll see daily. For example, I want to be a TEFL teacher in Peru so I can learn Spanish, help students develop their English skills, and fulfill my dream of exploring South America. Number four, identify annual goals and create monthly goals. First, establish annual goals that will help you reach your five-year goal. For example, if one of your five-year goals is to adopt a child, then your first annual goal will probably consist of setting interviews with adoption agencies. Next, break down your annual goals into monthly goals. For example, if your annual goal is becoming a TEFL teacher in Peru, 
Your monthly breakdown could look something like this. Month one, research reputable programs and set some online appointments. Month two and three might be taking the course, study for exams, write essays. Month four, you could take your final exam and wait for your certification. In month five, you might edit your resume and look for a short-term internship. In month six, you might be interning and asking for feedback from your mentors. Month seven, you could create lesson plans for your portfolio and start looking for actual jobs. You see where I'm going here. Writing it out monthly will help you know what to achieve in the next mini milestone. Number five, research how to reach your goals. If you plan on moving to Peru, are there some YouTube channels you could check out with tips on how to move? If you're planning on creating a startup, can you meet up with some other startup experts that could mentor you? If you plan on learning how to bake macaroons, is there a French macaroon cookbook you could buy? Number six, adjust and revisit as needed. Life is full of unexpected twists and turns. While the five-year plan is designed to help you stay focused and persist despite bumps and detours, sometimes the unexpected is you. As you start working on a goal and learning more about it, sometimes you realize that your interests and passions are in a slightly different direction or completely different. This is where self-directed learning can help. Plan for periodic reviews, reflections, and adjustments as part of life. If your long-range plan still feels right, zoom in to your monthly goals. Decide if your monthly goals are working or if you need to adjust them. For example, you might find that trying to conduct online interviews with a Peruvian academy is impossible, so you decide to fly out early to meet directors in person instead. You may also decide that creating weekly or even daily goals is essential to hitting your monthly goals. Revisit and revise your plan as often as needed, at least once a year. You might be surprised at how fast you reach some goals, while other goals might take a bit longer than expected. Oh, I love getting organized and having something to shoot for. Brainstorming can be a fun and rewarding exercise if you have someone you trust to bounce your ideas off of. I've often mentioned an accountability partner. This would be someone you could trust to reveal your hidden desires. Someone who would give you kind but honest feedback. Someone who has your best interests at heart. This doesn't have to be a spouse or a family member. Widen your circle. Approach a person who might be in a similar boat. Maybe someone looking to grow as well. Approach them with your idea. You need someone who will agree to listen. Spend some time walking through your ideas and share constructive feedback. Not just once, but as your ideas develop and grow. As always, your ideas and list of goals should be a working document and subject to change. 
I can't imagine still working towards some of my earlier goals. I believe failure and lost motivation can actually be a blessing in certain times in your life. Remember, your accountability partner is not just signing on to listen to you. You are agreeing to listen to them and provide the same level of input and feedback. What a fun exercise. Create a bi-weekly or even monthly coffee catch-up in person or over Zoom. Spend the first 10 to 15 minutes catching up with the latest, but then be committed to getting down to business. Use your time wisely. Have your ideas and plan on paper so you have a guide for a logical flow. It also helps to designate a certain length of time for sharing and brainstorming. Sharing the time equally. Before the first session, it's important to spend some time on your self-evaluation. Revisit previous goals and match them with current wants and needs. It might be time for a revision. Megan Thompson helps us understand the benefits of self-evaluation and assessment in her article for WeThrive.net. It may not be clear to those of us who don't enjoy talking about ourselves, but there are many benefits of self-evaluation and assessment. Often, if you dread your annual performance review, you're not alone. The chances are that your manager is equally unenthusiastic about the meeting. Numerous studies in the last decade have found that managers and employees alike are sick of the annual charade. Companies are under increasing pressure to up their talent management efforts. The reward-punishment structure of the annual reviews saps morale. Managers hate conducting them and employees dread them. So what's the alternative? Self-evaluation and more regular discussions are the new meaningful and resourceful way of managing employee reviews. Now, a lot of this article has to do with business, being a manager or an employee. But self-evaluation and self-reflection is important for your personal use as well. And don't we know that our work bleeds into our personal life? So I hope as you walk through these ideas, you're thinking of them from both angles. In recent years, many companies have ditched the annual appraisal in favor of more regular, continuous feedback. The evolution of self-evaluation has been a big part of this shift, and now self-assessment is proving far more successful in its outcomes than the hated annual review. The emphasis has shifted from past performance to what employees need to develop and grow now. Self-assessment has been an integral part of this change. Here's the lowdown on the benefits of self-evaluation and assessment. But first, what is it? Simply put, self-evaluation is the ability to examine yourself to find out how much progress you've made. It requires you to monitor your own abilities and evaluate strengths and weaknesses. It puts you largely in charge of your own development. So a self-evaluation means considering questions like, where have I excelled? What achievements am I most proud of? Where do I feel like I need more support? What goals do I wish I would have accomplished? What would help me accomplish these goals? What do I most like about my job? What do I most dislike about my job? 
What improvements could be made to make my role easier? What components of my job would I like to eliminate and why? What career goals do I hope to accomplish in the next three years? These are the kind of questions included in self-evaluation, ones that prompt thought about performance. The purpose of self-assessment is to help an individual know the extent of their abilities and to improve upon them. It can be daunting to an employee or even a person when they first start self-evaluating themselves, but over time, it becomes more natural. There are many advantages of self-evaluation and assessment for both managers, employees, and just personal attention. Let's talk professionally for a moment. What are the benefits of self-evaluation in the workplace for employees? Well, feeling more engaged in the appraisal process. Gaining greater insights and future goals for improvement. To feel more confident about their abilities. Enhance capacity building. Learn to make corrections quickly. Selecting training programs that are more suited to your needs. Develop an inquiring mind for problem solving. Becoming more accountable. Feeling more valued. Feeling more motivated to learn new skills. When employees feel heard through the self-evaluation process, they're more likely to listen to feedback from their managers. The appraisal process becomes much more of a two-way discussion when it revolves around regular self-evaluation. One of the most important aspects of self-assessment to people is the autonomy it provides. The process discourages micromanagement from team leaders, which we all know is stifling and a drain on productivity. Employees who self-evaluate are free to make their own choices about how they go about their responsibilities. They're happier, more committed, more productive, and more loyal. Self-assessment and continual feedback contribute hugely to a culture of trust and engagement. Benefits of self-evaluation and self-reflection happen all the time in everyday life. We do this from childhood. It's how we learn and grow. In education, it's increasingly utilized as a valuable learning tool. As we move into adulthood, the process of self-reflection often isn't given a second thought, but self-reflective practices like meditation or mindfulness are becoming much more common and are lauded by many successful business leaders all over the world. There's a slight difference between self-reflection and self-evaluation in the workplace, but the principles are the same. It's all about growth. While self-reflection in everyday life seeks insight into behavior and values from personal growth, self-evaluation at work is used to study performance in order to improve it. Both seek a deeper understanding of self and look at ways of moving forward. There are scores of studies on the value of self-reflection. A study by the Harvard Business School, for example, confirms a powerful connection between learning and reflection. It found the effect of reflection on learning is mediated by 
greater perceived ability to achieve a goal. American philosopher, psychologist, and educational reformer John Dewey said, we do not learn from experience. We learn from reflecting on experience. The advantages of self-evaluation are plain to be seen, but it's not always so easy to implement. It takes time to coach employees or even coach yourself to become used to the idea. Some find it easy while others cringe at the thought of self-assessment. Whether you're setting group goals for your team or personal goals, it's important to start your goals that are realistic. Here are tips for setting up both personal and team goals. Let's take a look at three tips for setting up personal goals. Number one, consider your passions. Part of the process for how to set life goals should be deciding what inspires you and what your values are. You should be passionate about your goals if you want to achieve them in the long run. Your goals should be meaningful to you and provide you with a sense of pride once you meet them. Number two, set goals you can control. If your goal is based on something outside of your control, you won't be able to control whether or not you actually achieve it. Your personal goals shouldn't be dependent on other people. They also shouldn't be reliant on external factors that you have no control over. Be realistic about what you can and can't directly be responsible for. Number three, imagine your future. Take some time to really think about what you'd like your life to look like. What does your ideal future entail? For example, if you're setting personal career goals, ask yourself some questions that will point you in the right direction. How much money do I ideally want to earn? Do I want to work for myself? How many hours do I want to commit on a daily basis? Even if these questions don't immediately help you pick a single job, they will certainly make you realize what you don't want your career goals to be. Okay, now let's look at three tips for setting team goals. Number one, brainstorm. My favorite. Before you write down the first goal that comes to mind, take time to brainstorm as a team. Asking big questions like, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? These will get the creative juices flowing. Number two, include everyone. It's important that everyone is heard during the goal setting process. Each member of your team should feel like they can speak openly and contribute ideas for goals. Having everyone's input will help create goals that everyone is invested in. Write down each team member's ideas, no matter how silly, so they feel heard. Together, you can go through each goal to decide if it works for the whole team. And number three, ask why. It's important to discuss the purpose of your group goal so that everyone is on the same page. During your goal setting session, create a relaxed atmosphere that encourages questions from everyone if there is any uncertainty. What are we doing? Where do we want to be? What does success look like? Every team member should have a shared vision for why you've set this common goal. It will give your team clarity on what you want to achieve and make it easier for everyone to work together. 
And we're going to learn 10 recommendations for how to achieve life goals. You know, setting goals is just the beginning. After taking the time to identify what your goals are, achieving them is a whole nother ball game. Working to achieve your goals can feel overwhelming at times. So here are some effective goal setting tips on how to achieve life goals to the best of your ability. Number one, not only do you have to have hard goals, but you do have to have smart goals. So let's talk about that. Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time bound. By setting goals that have these characteristics, you're setting yourself up for greater success. Number two, write them down. Don't just daydream your goals. Pull out pen and paper, write them down. This makes your goals more tangible and makes them seem more real. A study by Dr. Gail Matthews of Dominican University of California shows the effectiveness of writing down goals. According to his research, people who write their goals down have a better chance at accomplishing more than those who do not write their goals down. This is a real fact. Write it down. Put it where you can see it. Which is number three. Make your goals visible. To keep your eye on the prize, put your written goals somewhere you'll see them. It should be a place you visit regularly so that you're constantly reminded of where you want to be. If it's your personal goals, put them in the bathroom, on the mirror, or on the fridge as a nudge every morning of what you want to achieve. For teams, your group goals should be somewhere all your team members can see them. This could be a bulletin board, this could be an email, maybe even in um, a signature line of a group email. Number four, break it down. Because goals are often long-term and abstract by nature, make them more digestible by breaking them down. Use a goal ladder by writing your main goal at the top rung of the ladder. Work your way through the rest of the ladder steps, writing down the smaller goals you need to achieve in order to achieve your main goal. Number five, develop a plan. Now that you know what you're working toward, it's time to figure out how you're going to get there. Write down the individual steps you need to take to achieve your goals. Creating an action plan will keep you on track. As you work your way through each step of your plan, cross it off so that you can see how much further you have to go and feel optimistic about your progress. Number six, take action. Goals aren't going to achieve themselves. Once you've got a clear plan for how you want to achieve your goals, it's time to get proactive. Put your plan into action. Even the smallest act makes you feel one step closer to your goal. Number seven, keep perspective. It can be easy to become obsessed with achieving your goals. You might reach a point where you feel you would do anything you have to do in order to get closer to achieving your goal. But this can lead to burnout and even abandonment of your goal. Avoid burnout by living a balanced life. Take breaks from your plan and look at the bigger picture. Practice kindness towards yourself and give yourself time. Number eight, identify potential obstacles. Be realistic in that you're going to face challenges along the way. Recognize what these problems might be and make note of them. Be aware of your potential obstacles. 
This will make it less intimidating if you're faced with them along your journey towards success. Number nine, be accountable. Trying to accomplish a goal entirely by yourself can be lonely and overwhelming. Accountability helps you make consistent, steady progress and keeps you striving towards your goals. Keep yourself accountable by sharing your goals with a friend, your accountability partner. If it's a group goal, have your team share their goals with another team. And number 10, reflect and adjust. Maybe you haven't achieved your goals in the time frame you wanted to. Maybe your goals were a bit too unrealistic, and that's okay. Rather than feeling defeated, take time to review your goals and see what you can change. You might need to adjust your goals and maybe just tweak your plan to achieve them. Ready to set life goals and achieve them? Now that you know how important goals are, it's time to take the first step towards setting goals and achieving them. Whether it's personal goals for yourself or company-driven goals for your team, the goal-setting process can help you find purpose and meaning in your life. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Even if you don't reach all your goals, just having them written down can provide a deeper sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. As we wrap up the show, let's go through the top 10 key highlights. Number one, one of the best things about a five-year plan is that it can significantly motivate you to create the life you want to live. Number two, hard goals are defined as heartfelt, animated, required, and difficult. Number three, spend time thinking about what types of activities interest you what type of environment you enjoy, what type of impact you want to make in your day-to-day. Number four, plan for periodic review, reflection, and adjustment as part of life. Number five, you need someone who will agree to listen, spend time walking through your ideas, and share constructive feedback. Number six, Self-evaluation is the ability to examine yourself to find out how much progress you've made. Number seven, the appraisal process becomes much more of a two-way discussion when it revolves around regular self-evaluation. Number eight, self-assessment and continual feedback contribute hugely to a culture of trust and engagement. Number nine, while self-evaluation in everyday life seeks insight into behavior and values for personal growth, self-evaluation at work is used to study performance in order to improve it. And number 10, we do not learn from experience. We learn from reflecting on experience. If you want to share Encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they are not alone in this journey of self-discovery, you can visit Encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others. Follow us on Facebook for additional encouragement throughout the week. 
So I challenge you, before you set goals for the year or modify the ones that you have in place, take the time for self-reflection and evaluation. What's changed? Whether it's your professional or personal situation or just your wants and needs, be open to striking out in a new direction with a new approach. I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Some was through until the past was clear. That's when I found you, how I was.